0: Could the Antichrist possibly be a Muslim? There are some Bible prophecy teachers who think so. For a fascinating discussion of this question with 11 different Bible prophecy experts, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ
1: in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to Biblical
0: predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our Blessed Hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Recently I attended a major Bible prophecy conference in the Dallas area where I had the opportunity to interview a number of Bible prophecy experts about some very controversial issues. Most Christians are aware of the fact that there is a lot of disagreement about the interpretation of Bible prophecy between those who have completely different viewpoints, like the arguments between those who are premillennial and amillennial. But what many people are not aware of is that there are some strong points of disagreement between those who take a literal viewpoint of end time prophecies. Last week, I interviewed 11 Bible prophecy experts who interpret prophecy literally for its plain sense meaning. I asked each one of them the question, will the Antichrist be a Jew? Let's see, I received seven no's, one yes, one could be, one maybe, and that's a total of ten. The eleventh respondent replied that he thought the Antichrist could be both a Jew and a Muslim. (laughs) I summed up the program by stating my personal belief that the Antichrist will be a Gentile. This week we're going to consider whether or not the Antichrist could be a Muslim, and I would like to start with one of the responses we showed you last week. The one by Ray Gano of Prophezine Mag- uh, Ministries. He's the person who said he thought the Antichrist would be both a Jew and a Muslim. Although I find that concept hard to comprehend, I do think his comments will serve as a good introduction to our discussion of whether or not the Antichrist could be a Muslim. So, here's Ray Gano responding to my question Will the Antichrist be a Jew? I actually believe the Antichrist is going to be of
2: Hebrew descent, Hebrew blood but also practice the Muslim religion. And I use Daniel 11.37 to, to illustrate this. It talks in there that he, he, shall, he, he shall not regard the God of his fathers. In this phrase, God of his fathers, it's always associated to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in fact, this statement, God of his fathers, is only used five times in scripture. And in every time, it is, also, it is associated to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I look at that. Another thing that I look at is that we learn in Genesis forty nine seventeen the tribe of Dan, these are last day prophecies that Jacob gave to his sons. And it says in uh, Genesis uh, forty nine seventeen that a serpent shall cause the rider to fall backwards. So there's possibility that he actually may come out of the tribe of Dan. I also use uh, Revelation 7, 1 through 8 to back this up because this is the chapter where it talks about the 144,000. Dan's not named in the 144,000. So there's speculation here, or there's, there's scriptural evidence here, I believe, that shows that he will have Hebrew ancestry. Yet, on the other side, he will also practice the Muslim religion because we go to Daniel eleven thirty eight, and it says that he shall not he shall honor the God of forces and the God whom his fathers knew not and so the God neither neither the God of his fathers so he will he will not regard the God of his fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob he will honor the God of forces or a God of war which I believe is Allah and it's a God his fathers knew not Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did not know Allah or did not even have any conception of Allah. Um, another verse that people point to often is showing that he is, he comes from the people and it's the people of the prince is the verse that they use, Daniel nine twenty-six. And in this, it, people often say, well, he comes from Rome. And uh, I believe he does come from the Roman Empire, but I don't believe that he's Italian in descent, which a lot of people are pointing to. There's the Roman Empire, the eastern leg of the Roman Empire, which comes out of Constantinople, and Constantinople ruled for 1,000 years after Rome uh, seceded. And the reason they point to this is the 10th Legion of Rome, that Titus invaded uh, Israel, Jerusalem, and overthrew that area in 70 AD. Titus was the only person who was pretty, pretty much of Roman descent, but he's an individual. He's not people plural. There was another in, individual, his associate, his name was Tiberius Julius Alexander, and he was actually the general that did all the work. Titus took the glory, uh, Tiberius Julius did the work. Now the interesting thing is, is Tiberius Julius was actually an Egyptian Jew born in Alexandria. And then, so again, both of these people are individuals. It's the people of the prince. Well, history tells us that the 10th legion was basically hired mercenaries, people from the area. And that's what Rome always did. Any of the legions that, that Rome created, they usually pulled from the local people right there. So the 10th legion, who, who, who comprised of the 10th legion? They were Middle Eastern Arabs, Syrians, Moabites, Edomites, basically the enemies of Israel. Garrisons of the 10th Legion were stationed in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, so forth. Uh, At no time were they ever stationed in Rome. It was only when Titus came back in victories when he entered Rome. And so it was the people of the prince. And I'm saying that uh, it's the people who, who, who invaded Israel. And that was the 10th Legion, the soldiers and not the individuals. One more point is is if he is of Roman or European descent, Italian descent, um, I question his names. In Scripture, he's clearly called the Assyrian. He's called the Prince of Tyre. He's called the King of Babylon. He's called the King Pharaoh of Egypt. These are all Middle Eastern titles, Middle Eastern names in Middle Eastern places. If he was from Egypt, like Italy or Europe or something, why isn't he called the the King of Italy, or the the Duke of Germany, or the 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 Prince of Rome, or or something like that. Uh, I tend to read Scripture literally and and maintain a basics in in literalness and the golden rule of interpretation, and just don't dig into more. And so I just with these names, these names point to a Middle Eastern side.
0: Well, that was certainly a thought-provoking answer. Let's follow it up with the responses of two Bible prophecy teachers who take the position that the Antichrist will likely come out of Syria and therefore could possibly be a Muslim. But if so, he would certainly be an apostate Muslim. I don't think there is sufficient
3: evidence in the Bible to come to that conclusion, Brother Dave. uh, I'm convinced he will be a Gentile. he will be the last great Gentile leader. You know, the, the last kingdom will be the revived Roman Empire led by the Antichrist. And I think Daniel chapter 2 gives us that time span for the time of the Gentiles, which began with the Babylonian Empire, with Nebuchadnezzar, and will end with the Antichrist in, in his empire. So I believe he's the last great Gentile leader. Uh, but to say that he is a Muslim Gentile, I don't think that we have enough evidence to say that positively. Uh, One problem I have with that idea is the thought that the Antichrist, when he commits the abomination of desolation, will sit in the temple in Jerusalem and claim to be God. And I just can't quite see a Muslim sitting in the temple claiming to be Allah. Uh, I think that that's uh, a a stretch, and I just don't see it. So I I have my doubts about that. I think there's uh, some evidence that he could possibly be Syrian. And from that perspective, because Syria is mostly Muslim, I guess there's that possibility. I also believe the Muslims will have a a large role to play in the last days' events and wars. Uh, but I really don't, or wouldn't say positively that he's going to be Muslim. Only that he would be a Gentile.
4: I don't think it makes any difference. And here's why: because the Antichrist during the um initial stage of his rise he is going to partner with all the religions of the world and he's going to uh, be part of the uh, great harlot system at that point. No Muslim would do that, no Jew would do that who were uh, orthodox. Um, during the, uh, he is not officially revealed as the Antichrist until the abomination of desolation and that's what the Lord says in Matthew 24:15. Paul confirms it in Second Thessalonians At that point, he rejects all of the religions of the world. He rejects the gods of his fathers, according to Daniel chapter 11. And he exalts himself and magnifies himself above every so-called god. So in other words, there's no possible way he could be a Muslim, of course, and put Allah beneath his feet, which he will be doing at that point. He will magnify, exalt himself above every so-called god, including the god of Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. So, he is going to be unique in that respect in all of history. Uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, the uh, strongest type of the Antichrist, magnified himself uh, to the extent that he claimed to be God-manifest, but he did not put himself above all gods. He put the god Jupiter in the temple, uh, was a strong type of the Antichrist, but this guy is unique in all of history. So, uh, where he comes from is the real question. Is he going to come from the area of Muslims or where the Jews are? It is my belief that he will come from the Middle East. He will arise there. I think the biblical evidence points in that direction. Uh, But the time he is revealed, he's not going to be a Muslim, he's not going to be a Jew. He's going to be God-proclaimed himself. He is going to proclaim himself to be God. And not identify with any other God. He's going to
0: reject all the other gods. Welcome back to our discussion of whether or not the Antichrist could be a Muslim. Thus far, our tally is one yes, one possibly, and one he'll be a Syrian but not necessarily a Muslim. The other eight people I interviewed all took the position that the Antichrist could not be a Muslim. Here are their responses
2: No. I think uh, based upon Daniel chapter nine, verses uh, 26 and 27, the Antichrist has to be a Gentile of Roman origin, so it be of European origin. Could he be a European Muslim? Here again, no, because according to Isaiah chapter 28, verses 14 through 22, when Israel signs the covenant with the Antichrist, they sign it because uh, the Antichrist guarantees this world's military security. And Israel will not trust any Muslim to guarantee Israel's military security. Justice isn't going to happen whether the leadership is right wing or left wing. It's not going to happen.
5: I do not believe the Antichrist is going to be a Muslim. Uh, several reasons, actually. Uh, one of them is the fact that Israel is not a religious nation. The confidence that they're going to put in this man—that's going to that they're going to look at as uh, as somebody that really has the answers to a lot of their problems—is uh, going to be a secular humanistic view. Uh, if, if he were a Muslim, then they would associate a type of religion with him that has an agenda, and uh, because of their history with the uh, with the Muslim nations, they're, that's not something that they're going to be interested in. But they will be very, very ready to accept the, the input, the expertise, and political expertise from a man who is a secularist and a humanist. Because if you think about it, look at their Knesset. Look at their prime ministers. Every last one of them since Menachem Begin has been a secularist. So I think that, that mindset is going to bleed over into their acceptance of the man that's going, to, that's going to be the Antichrist.
6: I don't think he's going to be a Muslim because the, the Antichrist is going to come out of Europe. And you know, only 10% of, of Europeans are, are Muslim. And I don't think the Jews are going to be able to jive with him being a Muslim. Uh, if, he, if he's going to be the Messiah to them, I just, I just can't see him being a Muslim.
5: No, I don't. Uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, Daniel 11 talks about him not honoring the God of his fathers. Uh, in Daniel 11, verses 36-37, it actually translates the God there as Elohim. Uh, but it says he would not honor the God of his fathers. And uh, the God of his fathers, there's Elohim. Uh, one verse, part of the verse says that it's Jehovah or the true God. For that reason, I believe it disqualifies him. Also in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the scripture says that during the time of the tribulation, the antichrist would literally go into the temple of God and he would be worshiped as God. Uh, uh, I believe there also disqualifies him because I can't see the Israelis even during the tribulation, uh, worshiping a Muslim as God. I just can't see it.
2: No, I do not. Uh, there's a lot of things that preclude the Antichrist from being Muslim. For one, I don't think Islam is even going to be a religion during the tribulation. Uh, between Psalm 83 knocking out the nations around Israel, Ezekiel 38 and 39 knocking out the Islamic nations in Russia, uh, Islam won't even be a player during the tribulation. And there's a lot about the character of the Antichrist that doesn't seem to fit either. For one, uh, the Mahdi, the Islamic Messiah that's supposed to be worshipped, well, in Islam, you worship Allah alone. And so they would not take this guy and worship him. Uh, he's, if you look at Daniel 11.37, his inaffection for women, there's a good chance that the Antichrist will be gay. Well, you know, the Muslims have zero tolerance for homosexuals. So, no, I, I don't think that the Antichrist will be gay. Uh, no, I, don't. I think he will be gay, but I don't think he will be a Muslim.
1: No, I don't think the Antichrist will be a Muslim for several reasons. Uh, first of all, the Bible says that the Antichrist will be a Satan worshiper. It doesn't say anything about it being, him being a Muslim. It, um, it tells us that he will say that he is God, that he won't say that Allah is God. So I don't think he will be a Muslim. Another reason, when you look at the Old Testament types, and there's a lot of Old Testament types of the Antichrist, uh, Pharaoh to an extent, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Antiochus, Epiphanes, Titus, uh, none of these types were Muslims. There were no Muslims until about 700 A.D., that kind of thing. The third reason why I don't think he will be, uh, the Antichrist I don't think will come from Iran or will come from Syria because I believe that the Antichrist will, uh, his people are the people that destroyed uh, Israel and Jerusalem and the temple in 70 A.D., and that was the Roman Empire. Uh, I don't think, it, as far as I study and look at it, that Iran was in the Roman Empire in 70 A.D., and the way I look at Sy- uh, Syria, I believe Syria is going to be destroyed before the tribulation period. Another reason, some people say that the Antichrist is the Assyrian in Mark- Micah, in the book of Micah, chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. Uh, I, I really don't think that that's the Antichrist. Uh, the Assyrian is going to be destroyed by a small number of Jews, seven shepherds and eight principal men, I think, be destroyed. Uh, It's not really clear, but I think in the land of Assyria. But that's not the way the Antichrist is going to come to his end. He's going to be captured when Jesus comes back at the second coming and he's going to be cast alive into the lake of fire. And then you have some people that say that the Antichrist is the King of Babylon. And I can go along with calling him the King of Babylon. In fact, I believe the Antichrist, one of the names that's given him, is the King of Babylon. But you can look at Babylon, and they had all kinds of kings that weren't Muslim. So just because he's called the king of Babylon doesn't mean that he will be a Muslim. Now, it's my personal opinion that uh, the Muslims are going to suffer great defeats before the rise of the Antichrist. I think the Islamic religion is going to be devastated before the rise of the Antichrist. And I think that's going to pave the way for the Antichrist to come out of a revived Roman Empire, the European Union?
7: Um, no, I, I don't believe the Antichrist will be a Muslim, uh, really for several reasons. One is uh, the Bible says that he's going to uh, arise from uh, the same group of people who destroyed uh, the city of Jerusalem 70 A.D., of course, which was the Romans. Now you know, of course Rome did cover some areas that are Islamic uh, nations today, but it seems to me he's going to rise out of the core. Uh, the Roman Empire. but Really the biggest problem I have with seeing the Antichrist being a Muslim is it it says in the Bible that he's going to declare that he's God. And it seems to me that that goes against the very tenet, the the main tenet of Islam, which there is one God which is Allah and and his prophet is Muhammad. So I don't see how someone who's a follower of Islam could ever declare himself to be God. So uh, for that reason I think he's just going to be some type of a pagan uh, follower of religion, maybe a person who's been a follower of dead Christianity in Europe something like that who apostatizes from that. But uh, I don't see how he could be a Muslim and declare himself God.
8: Absolutely not. The
7: Bible says that he will
8: be a person who will not regard the God of his fathers. Muslims are committed generation after generation to their belief in Allah. I think the New Testament makes it very clear that the Antichrist is either a total unbeliever or an apostate Christian who claims a form of Christianity but does not believe in the person of Jesus Christ who can change and transform an individual's life, let alone his life. He is against Christ, anti-Christ. He is also, in some senses, a substitute Christ uh, who in every way will say to the world, I can bring about change, I can bring about peace, and uh, I can bring prosperity to the world. Those are the same three things that most of our political candidates and our new president are saying over and over again. That ought to get our attention that as we get closer to the time of the end, it's that very message that sets the stage for the arrival ultimately of the Antichrist.
0: Let me take a moment to share my viewpoint with you on this question of whether or not the Antichrist will be a Muslim. Personally, I don't think there is any possibility what Muslim would ever proclaim himself to be God? And yet, that is exactly what we are told the Antichrist will do in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Also, any Muslim who would make such an absurd proclamation would be instantly rejected by the entire Muslim world. My second point relates to the fact that the Bible says the Antichrist will make a treaty with the Jewish people that will guarantee their nation's security. Now, let me ask you something. Why would the Jewish people ever put their trust in a Muslim by signing a treaty that would allow him to guarantee their security? I can't even imagine it. One of the advocates of this theory said to me, that's exactly what the Jews are doing today and the peace treaties they're trying to negotiate with their Muslim neighbors. But folks, that is not true. They are putting their trust today in us in the United States to guarantee those treaties and their defense. Another point I would like to make relates to Daniel 9.26. That verse says the Antichrist will come from the people who destroy the temple. Well, the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Romans, meaning that the Antichrist will be of Roman descent. Those who advocate the Muslim Antichrist theory respond by saying that the armies of the Romans were made up of Middle Eastern people like the Syrians who were forced into the Roman army when they were conquered by Rome. But folks, even if that were true, it would be completely irrelevant. Folks, it it doesn't matter whether or not the Roman legions were composed of uh, Australian Aborigines or uh, African Pygmies. It was the Roman government that gave the orders. It was Roman generals who carried out the destruction. Rome was the rod of God's judgment, and it is from the Roman people that the Antichrist will arise. One aspect of the Muslim Antichrist theory that you should be aware of is the idea that the final empire of the Antichrist will be a revival of the Ottoman Empire. In other words, the empire of the Antichrist will be a regional one in the Middle East. Well, folks, that idea is very unbiblical. The the Bible says point blank in Revelation 13, 7 that the empire of the Antichrist will be worldwide. Here's what the verse says, It says, "...and it is given to him, the Antichrist, to make war with saints and to overcome them. And authority was given to him over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him." Let me ask you another question. What else would God need to say to indicate clearly that the Antichrist will rule over all the nations of the world? Yet those who espouse the Muslim Antichrist theory claim that this verse is nothing but hyperbole. Or in other words, they say it is an exaggeration. Another problem with this Muslim Antichrist theory is that it's based on a belief that Muslims are going to rise to world power during the tribulation. I believe the Bible indicates just the opposite, that God will pour out His wrath on the Muslims both before and during the tribulation, removing them from the world scene. We will take a look at the fate of the Muslims in just a moment. But first, Let's pause for a message about how you can get a very helpful study resource about end time Bible prophecy.
6: If you would like to study in detail the 108 prophecies about the first coming of Jesus plus the more than 500 prophecies about His second coming, then you need to order a copy of Dr. Reagan's comprehensive survey of Bible prophecy entitled, The Christ in Prophecy Study Guide. Clear logical charts and illustrations and easy-to-use topical and scripture indexes make learning the facts and meanings of the scriptures a joy. This faith-building study tool is a result of over seven years of careful research by Dr. David Reagan and is sure to bless any serious student of Bible prophecy. Order a copy of the Christ and Prophecy Study Guide today for a gift of $15 or more at lamblion.com. The Christ and Prophecy Study Guide is cataloged as P1.
0: Let's consider for a moment the fate of the Muslims as it is revealed in end time Bible prophecy. The Bible prophesies that God will pour out judgment upon the Arab nations in the end times for their hostility toward the Jews and their attempt to claim the Jewish homeland as their own. Consider Joel 3 verse 19 for example. This passage has a clear end time context and in that context it says, "...Egypt will become a waste." And Edom will become a desolate wilderness, because of the violence done to the sons of Judah, in whose land they have shed innocent blood. Keep in mind that Edom is often used as a symbolic term for all the Arab peoples, just as Israel is used as a term for all the Jewish tribes. Ezekiel says that all of Edom will be dealt with in the end times because of its hatred against the Jews and its lust for their land. The result will be the desolation of the Arab states. The book of Obadiah prophesies a similar fate for Edom in the day of the Lord. Part of this destruction is going to take place in the wars of Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38, most likely before the tribulation begins. Psalm 83 indicates that Israel will defeat the inner ring of Arab nations that have a common border with it. Ezekiel 38 states that God will supernaturally destroy the outer ring of Arab nations that will invade Israel under the leadership of the Russians. But these wars affect only the nations in the Middle East. Folks, the vast majority of Muslims live in nations outside the Middle East. I believe the Muslims in other parts of the world, like Pakistan or Bangladesh, India, Indonesia, will taste the wrath of God at the beginning of the tribulation when they refuse to accept the European Antichrist. They will become the focus of the Antichrist's military actions to subdue all the world to his authority. The Book of Revelation states, that one-fourth of humanity will die in the initial military campaign of the Antichrist. Folks, that's one and a half billion people in today's terms. Then we are told that the war will expand into what appears to be a nuclear holocaust. And during this second phase, one-third of those remaining will die. That's another one and a half billion. So, a total of three billion people are going to be killed in the wars of the Antichrist during the first half of the Tribulation. I believe most of these will be Muslims. But the future of the Arabs is not all bleak. They must suffer for their sins just as the Jewish people will suffer during the tribulation. And like the Jews, we are told in Jeremiah 12 that a remnant of the Arabs will emerge from their suffering with their hearts turned to the one and only true God. The Bible says in Zechariah 2.8 that the Jewish people are the apple of God's eye. But that does not mean that He has no love for their cousins, the Arabs. Just as God has covenants with the Jews, He has a covenant with the Arab peoples. You can find it. In Genesis 16 and 17, in this covenant, God promised to make the descendants of Ishmael, the Arabs, a great nation and to give them all the land to the east of their Jewish brethren. God has been faithful to those promises. Today, there are 22 Arab nations with a combined population of over 300 million people. The Arabs occupy a total area of 5.3 million square miles of oil rich land. By contrast, There is only one Jewish state with a population of only 5 million Jews who are squeezed into only 8,000 square miles of space. Folks, that's a population ratio of 58 to 1 and a land ratio of 662 to 1. The Arabs have truly been blessed. There is no partiality with God. He chose the Jews not to be a repository of His blessings, but to be a vehicle through whom He would bless all the nations of the world, including the Arabs. But the fundamental requirement to receive God's blessings for both Jew and Arab as well as all people is to accept God's gift of love in Jesus by receiving Him as Messiah. You know when I consider the blessings that God has given the Arab peoples and the grace He is going to show them toward uh, toward them in the future despite their persecution of His chosen people, I am reminded of what Paul wrote when he considered God's grace toward His Jewish brethren He cried out from his heart, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Well, that's our program for this week. I hope it has been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for your redemption is drawing near." Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.
6: Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return.